Welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we make sure you know there's more going on than you can see or hear. If this podcast episode helps you, would you consider leaving us a review on the app or platform you're using to listen? We appreciate it. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake. And now, your host, Larry Ragland. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Big Picture. I am your host, Larry Ragland, and man, you don't even understand how big a deal this is for me. I tell you, I say on this channel all the time that we are in desperate need for a revival, not only in this nation, but you're going to find out today that revival really doesn't start in the nation. We keep praying for the nation to come in revival. You're going to learn from the man that taught me himself. Revival doesn't come in a nation. It starts with the house of God, with the church, and he is going to be in the studio. I can't even believe I'm saying this, y'all. In the studio in just a few seconds is going to be the general of Pentecost, Dr. Rod Parsley, right after this. Oh, man, I am so pumped and so excited for my guest today. He's not a guest. I mean, he's 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 more than a guest to me, y'all. Uh, as I said in the intro, Dr. Rod Parsons is going to be with us in just a moment. Before I bring him in, I want to say one, one quick thing. I want to let everybody know what this man means to me in my life. Uh, I started pastoring in 1991, legendary year for Dr. Parsley and Ward Harvest Church. Uh, but in 1991, I was 23 years old. And I, and I just felt a call to preach the gospel. I didn't have a single pastor friend. I had no Bible college experience. I had nobody even tell me what even preaching was. The only people I ever preached to in my life was just a handful of people that was family. We were meeting in a, in a house. A bar stool was my pulpit. And I just didn't know what, where it was going with this. I had no idea what it meant to be called to preach the gospel. And we had met for about two or three services in somebody's house, and I'd come on that Sunday afternoon. I was actually sitting out on the front porch of my little single-wide mobile home trailer, and I had the screen door open, and I was listening to TBN, and I heard a booming voice that I'd never heard before in my life, and I, something pulled me back inside that little trailer, and I set that weed eater down, and I went inside, and I sat down, and I watched this man stand up on a bridge and start screaming at that screen. We just, How many wants to put prayer back in the bridge? And he'd slam that plank down, and I was like, who is this man? And, it, and I sit there, and I cried, and I wept, and I said, God, I don't know who this is. I don't know where this is, but what? What is on this man I want in my life? And it just transformed my life. And my wife got home that afternoon, and I told her, I said, baby, I know we don't have any money. We barely got grocery money. I said, but this man, I, don't, I can't even remember his name, but he's selling some VHS tapes, and it's something about Dominion. I got to have them. I got to have them. And my wife could see what it meant to me. And I'm telling you, we scraped up the money, and I bought that set a VHS tape from 1991 <laughs> Dominion Camp Meeting, and I watched these things for three years, y'all, with no pastor, and this man was my pastor, and he didn't even know it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the studio, Dr. Rod Parsley. <laughs> Woo! My goodness, the crowd is going wild. Oh, my God. I cannot believe this, y'all. This, this is this is like I'm interviewing the president of the United States to me, Dr. Parsons. That's, that's the way I feel about you. You were the greatest game changer 
I mean this, sir, from the bottom of my heart, of anybody that's ever affected my life. You know, I told you this story when you came and preached for us, our 25th anniversary in 2019. I held this tape up, and I told you the story. For three years, I had no pastor. I would, I would watch your – from Dominion 91 and 92 was all I had. I would watch them every Sunday before I'd go out and preach. I had no musicians. I would roll a TV card out and press play, and Bishop Clint Brown would lead us in worship. So that's what you meant to my life, Dr. Parson. Welcome to the big picture. Well, I am more than honored to be here. I am so proud of what is going on with the big picture. Thank now, you, sir. Now, those of you that are with us right now, I'm telling you, this, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and Bishop is taking it by force. <laughs> Amen. Right here, YouTube, all the outlets, the big picture. Look, share. Please do it. Thank oh, you. how easy it is now to share the gospel of Jesus mm. Christ literally around the world. Yes, sir. And we have to get in front of the naysayers and that bunch over there that thinks they can have the gospel without Pentecost oh. and without the Holy Ghost. Come Listen, on, sir. we got to get to the front of the line. In this thing. And I have seen Bishop Larry Ragland, I love to claim him, mm. a great bishop in City Harvest Network. Yes, sir. Our network of churches around the world and ministries like this, all of them on fire. You understand? Fire. They're not just baptized in a little shimmy, shimmy tongue, right? Oh. They don't, they don't pray for 10 minutes and preach for 10 days. They're like the apostle Peter. They pray for 10 days so they can preach for 10 minutes. And when they do, heaven and earth are moved. So share, share, share. Like, like, like. Do everything you can possibly do to get the word out mm. about the big picture. Because wow. we, we want to quadruple this audience because mm. people are hungry for the fire of God. Yes, sir. Enough away with these preachers that are ashamed of the Holy Ghost. They're ashamed of yes, Bible sir. prophecy. And the main reason they're ashamed of it is because they don't know anything about it. Tell it. Because they haven't been students of the word like Bishop Bragland. They haven't dug in there. They haven't listened with mm. spirit ears to hear what thus says the Lord. And wow. just repeating like a parrot something somebody else said sometime. My but God. not Bishop Raglan. And you share this with everybody. This is the medium that will reach the world yes, yes, and preach the gospel to every creature. And then the end shall come. So let's get busy. Yes, sir. And let's spread this word. Well, you know, Pastor, you were on the forefront. God used you, as I told the story, through the television ministry. But now, I mean, back then, would you have ever dreamed that there would be a technology that you could reach the world like this for free? For Bishop, free? Bishop. Say it. When I go out into my tabernacle, there's one light bulb. One mm. light bulb. Now, there are hundreds of lights up there. But there is one bulb in there, not the fixture, the bulb mm. that when I started cost $10,000. What? Just for the bulb. Are you listening to me? What? Are you at home listening to me right now? 
You have no, there has never been greater opportunity for the church to do and the church be doing less. And here's why. The church is of its greatest benefit to the world when the church is the least like the world. Wow. Revival is. Yeah, there are quotes yes. like that all in it. Get a copy of it. Bishop, look, the first time I ever went live, the first time I ever went live, it cost $10,000 a minute. A minute. Yes, to go live. And then you had to have somebody that was able to receive it when it came down from the bird, the satellite. So you had to have something to shoot it to the satellite and then something, you remember TBN had something called the Holy Beamer. Oh yeah. And it was a great old big satellite dish that they would take from place to place so they could shoot a service live up to a satellite and then bring it back down to that dish and then run it into the building. Wow. There was, are you kidding me? Here's all we have to do now. Yep. Turn this on. Turn this on. Mm. I mean, I've still got I've still got these cameras looking at me, but I don't really need them. Right. All I need is a phone on a stick. My God. And can preach to the whole wide world like to we're doing world. right now on the big picture. And wow. we can get further reach if you will like and share and yes. comment. Come on. Stop being an observer. Mm. Be a participant. Yes, sir. Click, click, like, like. It's the touch of a button. Come on, let's wow. do it. Let's have today on the big picture. Yes, the sir. greatest participation we have ever had from mm. Bishop Larry Raglan wow. to get this gospel that he preaches out. Wow. Oh, boy, I tell you what, I'm, 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 on, I'm on cloud nine right now because, listen, this man is telling us what is happening in this generation. I got to show you something. I, I got to show you this. You're going to love this, sir. I'm going to show you this. I don't know if you can see this. Oh, stop it. Look at here. Oh, my great God. Look at this. Repairers at this. of the breach. Wow. This That message meant so much to me, and you meant so much to me in my ministry. And literally everything I do, I, I learned it from you. My preaching style, my everything, I learned it from you. That a, a gentleman in my church made that for me. But I wanted to show you that. But, you know, that passes my soul. Let me, let me ask you this. In 1991, you preached that message, Repairs yeah. of the Breach. It was, yeah. it was, in my opinion, the most game-changing message of Pentecost. And I told, I told some of our leaders the other day, we were talking about it, and I said, Dr. Parsley was so ahead of his time at that, at that time as a young preacher because the reality is this. Am I right in saying that you could probably climb back on that bridge, preach word for word what you preached in 1991, and probably be even more relevant to the culture that we're living in right now? I'm so glad you said that, Bishop, because I've kind of come full circle. I mean, I've just written a book, and the title of it is Revival If. Yes, sir. For 25 years in the church and in media, if you had attempted to use the word revival, they would have all but thrown you off the air. Right. You would have been laughed to scorn. But I've been in revival since I was eight years of age. Wow. I'm telling you that what I preached in the 90s, yep. in, in fact, in the, in the early 
all the way through the decade of the 80s is more relevant right now right now than it was when i preached it yes sir because here's how i know when i preached it then in 91 when i preached repairs of the breach i had some people that i shared that concept with some Mm -hmm. preachers before i walked out onto the platform of america's camp meeting dominion camp meeting in 1991 and they said pastor you now think about this you do not need a prop what and they 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 all but discouraged me about using the bridge not the message but to use the illustration now 99% 99% of preachers use an illustrated sermon <laughs> yes, every sir. Sunday morning of the world. Yes. But again, uh, it's God had me out there. And I know because at that time, you couldn't get the people to stop shouting their <laughs> approval of what was being preached. And I live by this. When the people are weeping, the <laughs> prophet is rejoicing. And when the prophet is weeping, the people are rejoicing. Wow. So it's a so now when I preach those things, it is almost an unheard of concept. Yes, sir. The two major pillars of the church: mm. you must be born again. Yes, sir. And you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Yes, we have bastardized mm. the major doctrines of the church. We have redefined them. We have re- tried to refocus them. We've tried to reimagine them. We think we have better language than Jesus of Nazareth. So we say, did you make a decision for Christ? Fooey. Mm. Did you get born again? Are you a new creature? Yes, sir. I quote, I quote Leonard Ravenhill in Revival If. Leonard Ravenhill in 1969 said, I doubt Mm. that even 5% of the people attending evangelical churches on Sunday morning are even born again. Wow. Wow. So if I start preaching about being born again now, people have a tendency to turn their ears off. Yes, sir. But those that are tired. Yes, sir. When complacency exceeds Mm. our desire for change, Mm. the consequence is concession and chaos. Wow. But when the cry, freedom at any cost can be heard, it becomes the catalyst for confrontation that affects dynamic change. We've got to have the breath of God upon us again yes, sir. in America. We've got to get rid of, to hell with, Say this it. faux gospel, this false gospel that is not a gospel at all. And thank God the winds of revival are blowing fresh on hot embers like Bishop Larry Raglan, Solid Rock Church, the Mm. big picture. And I'm here to tell you, we are seeing the breakthrough of a Holy Ghost move of God. My God. Listen, this book, I believe, Dr. Parsley, just like your message, Repairs of the Breach, 
is more relevant yeah. today than ever. I believe in my opinion, and I believe in the opinion of people all over this country and people that know you, the most on-time relevant book you have ever written. Because look at the title, y'all, Revival If. This is a manual. It is based on, I don't, spoiler alert here, you need to read the book, based on uh, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. And he breaks it down because the reality is this. What I love about you, Dr. Parsley, and you just said it because I've never heard you not say it, and that is this. I've never heard you talk about revival and about salvation in souls without also talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. I just, yeah. said, to, I just said to my church Sunday, I just started a series called The Half Gospel, and I said, you know what? I preached about you must be born again. We've discipled yeah. them. Every evangelical yeah. agrees on that part, and and we right. we we agree on the virgin birth. We agree on the resurrection, yeah. and those are essential. But we when you don't preach the power of the Holy Ghost and casting out devils and laying hands on the sick, you are not preaching the full gospel. No. What did we need the Book of Acts for? Exactly. Why didn't we just live in the Gospels? My God. Listen, we can't build His church without His Spirit. Mm. And, and the world is, look, here, here, here's where revival is springing from. It's springing from people that have had enough of not enough. Wow. They're weary with, with little cliche sermons. They're weary with self-help humanism being perpetrated as the gospel because it started its discourse with a biblical text. Listen. Where have all the preachers gone? Oh. Where? Where are the prophets? Where is the prophetic voice? Where are the miracles? Where are the signs? Where are the wonders? Where are the demonstrations of the Holy Ghost? Hmm. The Holy Ghost does not need a new definition. He needs a new demonstration. We've got to see an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Revival if. Let me break it down for you. All the blessings of God are contingent. Mm. I'm going to say that again. They don't fall out of heaven, ping you on the head like a ripe chair. All the amens of God, the blessings of God, the anointings of God, the moves of God are conditional. Mm. God says, I will do this if you do that. Wow. We need to stop asking God. We, we act like God's holding revival back. God wants revival in your life, personal renewal, personal refreshing. He wants to develop a hunger, a passion, a zeal, an energy, an excitement, an anointing, an ability, an acceptance, an authority in your life more than you want it. Because if you want it, if my people who are called by my name, well, how do you know if you're called by his name? Well, these signs follow them. Say it. That believe in his name. Number one, they cast out devils. If you're going to a so-called church that does not cast out devils according to the New Testament, I'm going to give you some advice right here on the big picture. Do not leave that church. Do not walk out of that church. 
run out of that church like a scalded dog, <laughs> slam the door behind you and don't ever go back again. Say it. If they don't speak with new tongues, mm. that's no place for you. You want all of God there is. You don't want to settle halfway. You don't want to settle down in Haran. You don't want to get halfway to the promised land and stop there and be satisfied. Your only satisfaction should be your dissatisfaction with where you are in God and where God is in you right now. Hmm. If you get that kind of a hunger, you're going to walk in the overwhelming presence and power of the living God, and he is alive. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Woo! I believe you have got a brand new, fresh anointing on you. That's I'm talking about. It, you have I, when I look at you, Doctor Parsley, I see, and I love this because I'm a papa now. Okay, so I got I got my grandbaby. So I'm I'm about to turn 55, and and one one of the things that inspires me about you, and 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 people have come to me even at 55, and they have said. You know, people I went to school with, they're winding down. They're they're planning on their retirement. And I'm like, ain't no winding down in me. And when I look oh. at you, there is no winding down in Dr. Rod Parsley. No. Where I hear you talking about legacy. I hear you, you this whole City Harvest Network that I am honored to be a part of. Yeah. What? What can you say? Because, Pastor, before you was a television preacher, before you was a best-selling author, before you was a Bible college founder, before you was a network overseer, you were a preacher. God called yes. a preacher. Can you yes, take sir. a minute, and because i got a lot of preachers that watch my show, and look in that <laughs> camera and talk to the preachers about what the preachers have got to do in this moment? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very simple. you got to get in the mountain. You, you, you've been at the meeting. <laughs> you, you've been going to all the meetings. You've been going to all the seminars. You need to go to a whole nar. You need to get alone so you're not alone anymore. You need to stop trying to do it according to somebody else's pattern. Mm. Moses said, I built it according to the pattern that God showed me in the mountain. You've got to get alone with God. You've got to seek the face of God. You've got to hear from God. You got to get out of bed in the morning. Wow. You got to turn Netflix off. You got to have more passion about Matthew and Mark than you do the Mets and the Orioles or somebody. Come on. You've got to get on fire yourself. People will show up to watch you burn. Listen to this. People, you know, people know they weren't there in the beginning. Mm. They weren't there in 1977. They weren't there in 1978. They weren't there in 1985. They weren't there in 1991. But I was. Now, the Holy Spirit had two little women come to me and say, you're in Bible college, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I'm in Bible college. The reason I was in Bible college is because I had become deathly ill. I was just out of high school and I was trying to work and I was working two jobs and I was making a lot of money. And, uh, but I was miserable. I was physically sick. I was mentally tormented. And this came on me all at once. I was driving down the road one day. My mother was in fact taking me, but brought me back from a doctor's appointment. 
the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with me. And my mother said, look, the doctors can't find anything wrong with you. I think what's wrong with you is you need to figure out what you're going to do with your life. Wow. And I said, maybe I want to preach. And just as quickly as I said it, I said, no, I don't, because I'd never had that thought. I'd never contemplated that. I'd, I'd never reasoned about that. It wasn't a dream I had. And more preachers today lack this than anything else, a calling. Mm. They made a career choice. Wow. They, they didn't have a calling. Our Bible colleges are disappearing. Our, our neo-Pentecostal Bible colleges are being closed down and moved into our liberal arts universities. We've stopped raising up preaching gifts. We've stopped raising up five-fold ministry office gifts. Well, my mother said, if you want to preach, I'd suggest you go to Bible college and learn something. So I enrolled in Bible college. And these two ladies came to me and they said, you're going to Bible college. Would you teach us the Bible on Thursday night? And I said, yeah, just come to my house Thursday night and I'll teach you the Bible. Well, my mother invited some of our family to hear me teach the Bible. So we had 17 people show up. All but 12 of them, 12 of them were my family. Five people were not my family. So you could say we started with five people. In less than eight years time, with no denomination, Nobody saying, if you'll raise $50,000, we'll give you $50,000 and you can pay it back to us and build it according to our pattern. Now, here's our pattern. I didn't have any of that. I was working two jobs, going to college full time. We had 17 people show up and I said, well, you want to meet again on Sunday? And they said, sure. <laughs> so we met again on Sunday. Six months later, we built our first building, 180 seats. It's 1978. We're having five services in that 180 seat building and you can't get near it in five services. Now, I didn't have a television program. I didn't have a radio program. I didn't even have a secretary which now they call concubines, I think. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't even have a secretary. I had nothing. We built that little building with our own hands because my family were carpenters. And we built it. And I went to preaching in it. And I went to doing what I knew to do. 1979, we had built a 400-seat building, filled it up five times. So we're less than two years old at that point. And uh, my sister was in an automobile accident, drove her femur bone through her pelvis, lodged it there. She was given three months to live and sent home to die. Now, I had received the baptism in the Holy Ghost as a 17-year-old free will Baptist boy, but I had no idea what I had. Privately, I would pray in the Holy Ghost. But it came out in my preaching, you understand, even though we were a Baptist church. So in 1979, I stood in the pulpit of that little church and I said, anything that happened in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or the book of Acts is not only possible in this church, it's probable. And today, God's going to fill everybody in this building with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
they jumped up and started running toward the altar in a Baptist church, they would get to the front aisle and fall over, one on top of the other. Like you would like something force, which it was, would just hit them. And every one of them got up speaking in other tongues and healed in their bodies. Then the explosion began. Then we filled up the 400 building, seat building five times. Then we built a 1,200 seat building. We filled it up six weeks after we moved in it. We had to go back to multiple services, ended up filling it up five times a week. Then we built a 5,200 seat building, the largest tabernacle north of the Mason-Dixon, east, east of the Mississippi River. And, and for nearly 20 years, it remained the largest. We filled it up within six months of moving in it and had to go to more services in it. That's in a span of eight years, all that happened. Wow. Eight years. Eight years. Why? It wasn't because of my, you know, great skill at preparing sermons. Some of y'all need to stop preparing sermons and start preparing your heart. You didn't oh. hear a word I said. Oh. What good's your sermon if it's got no oil on it? Say it. What good is your message if nobody gets saved? What good is your sermon if nobody gets delivered? We've got to have signs, wonders, miracles, healing, salvation, deliverance. The full gospel of Jesus Christ in the world crying out for it. And I can show you how to walk in it. This is, without exception, the most powerfully relevant, relevant book I have ever written. Yes, sir. It is unlike any of my other 200 plus books. It is unlike New York Times bestsellers that God has blessed me with. This book took me two years to write mm. because I told God I wanted him to be my pen. Wow. And if it wasn't him, I didn't want it in here. Pastor Alan DiDio, another member of the Great City Harvest Network told me earlier today, he said, he said this is unlike anything that has ever come from your pen. I, I can tell you that it is. The, the manuscript, when I first wrote it, was over 400 pages. I had to edit it down to 200. So it's there, it's full of fire. Revival if, if, if my people call mm. by my name will humble themselves. How many humble preachers do you know? Right. How many humble believers do you know? Mm. Humble themselves. What does that mean? How do we humble ourselves? A humble man is not a successful man acting like he's unsuccessful. Mm. Humility is not a wealthy man acting like he's a pauper. That's not humility. Mm -mm. Humility is availing yourself to every calling, anointing, gifting, and ability of God and then giving him the praise for it. That's humility. Yes, but it's not normal praise. It's the sacrifice of praise. Now, it takes me about 30 pages mm. on that one subject, the sacrifice of praise, to get you to understand what that is. 
God's going to heal our land. Yes, He's going to heal our nation. Let me help you. It's not coming from Washington, D.C. Have you not figured that out yet? It's not coming from a political party. It's coming from passionate people of God. God is going to turn this entire thing around when we have had enough. Somebody needs to point a finger and say enough mm. is enough. We've had it. We've had it with third grade teachers trying to tell our boys they don't know if they're boys or not. We've say had it. it. We've had it. Do you understand me? We will be silent no more. We have fed up with the very schools, our tax dollars support being the enemy of everything we teach our children to believe. We've had it. But until we rise up in the pulpit, until we rise up in the pew, Samuel was mighty because his message was moral. He was who he said he was. As that pulpit goes, so goes the church. Yes, sir. As that church goes, so goes the nation. The problem in America is we have a backslidden pulpit, period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here, let me ask you a question. Where are your tears for the lost? Wow. How many meals have you given up this week to see God fill your altar with lost souls? When's the last time you gave an altar call? Yep. How long's it been since the church gathered around an altar to pray? A great, great, great name. If I called his name, everybody watching and listening right now would know who he is. Wanted me to come and preach at his church. So I walked in and I said, well, this is certainly beautiful. But they had the front chairs right up against the platform. Mm. The, that's what we call them now, the platform or the, or the stage, right up against the stage. I don't preach from a stage. And I don't go to church in a sanctuary where you hide out. Wow. I go to church in a tabernacle yes, sir. where God meets with us. Anyway, I said, well, where's your altar? He said, well, we don't have one of those. I said, well, when you get one, let me know. I'll be glad to come preach for you. I'm not preaching in a place. I don't care how many people they reach every Sunday that doesn't have an altar in it. Where's the altar of God? Where? Where's the altar on our hearts? Where's the altar in our churches? Where is the altar in our homes? Where do we weep over lost souls? We go to church and sing, I am the seed of Abraham and his blessing falls on me. And our 12 and 14 year old are at home playing on their phone while we're dancing in the sanctuary. Say it. Come on, we gotta have revival. You know what I am? I received a prophecy today. Now, you know the story, Bishop. There's Elisha. A little Shunammite woman builds him on a little room. He gives her a son that she never asked for. That son's working in his field years later with his father. He says, my head, my head, and he falls dead. That woman of Shunam picked up that son told her husband to give her a donkey. She was going to the man of God's house, so she took off. Well, when she got there, Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, ran out to meet her and said, is it well? She said, it is well. We all know that. We preach that. But then 
the Bible says that Elisha, Elisha went in to where that boy was laying dead. And he did several things that I'll not take time to go through. But he put his eyes on the boy's eyes. He put his mouth on the boy's mouth. Put his hands on the boy's hands. Put his feet on the boy's feet. We've got to restore the prophetic voice what? of Pentecost to the church. Jesus. The church is dead. Secondly, we've got to put our eyes on the church. We've got to get vision restored. Your vision, your vision. Yes. Not somebody else's vision that you're trying to duplicate. Say it, Pastor. I just said it. Thirdly, we've got to get. We've got to get our hands active. We've got to begin to serve. That's what City Harvest Network is all about. Yes. Serving. I want to serve men and women of God. Mm. Brother Summerall, my pastor, taught me, now gone to heaven. He said, the first 30 years of your life are your gathering years. Okay. The next 30 years of your life, 30 to 60, are your using years where you're using everything that you receive to build the kingdom. He said, when you hit 60 and from then on till God takes you to glory, those are your giving years. I don't want to do anything but give. I want to give the perpetual state of revival that I've lived in for nearly 50 years of my life. I want to give it to you. I want it to be in your life. I want you to know the power and the presence of the living God Almighty. So we, we've got to get that back, and I want to give it to you. But now listen, when he laid on that boy, your Bible says that boy sneezed. Sneezed. Why? Because there was something foreign to the body in his body. And when the life came in him, it began to expel everything that was foreign. In okay. fact, he had to expel, get rid of. He had to, I hear you, Holy Spirit. He had to hmm. get rid of okay. those things that were foreign to the body. Why did he sneeze? Those things became irritants. Pastor, let me tell you, Bishop, what every single bishop, pastor, evangelist, apostle, prophet in City Harvest Network is about to become. They're about to become irritants, irritants of what's in the body that's got to get out. We got to get it out to make room for him to fill us with everything that he is. I believe that for you today. The body is going through a ridding, a ridding. My God. Watch this. Proverbs 30, verse 15. There are three words to describe the greedy. The King James says, the daughters of the, the horse leech has two daughters. They cry, give, give. God wants you greedy. Greedy for everything that he has. No satisfaction. Nothing sedentary. Everything alive. Everything vibrant. Everything moving. Then he says, 
There are some things that are never, ever satisfied. They are forever craving more. Are you craving more? Say it. Are you mad when the preacher starts to dismiss prayer service? Can you make it to the, you know, uh, cornhole contest at church at the picnic <laughs> which can't make it to prayer meeting? You make it to watch Ohio State or Alabama, but you can't make it to your prayer closet? I'm talking to you now. Yes, sir. I'm an irritant. Mm. I want you to expel some things. What? Wow. Here are four things that should never be satisfied. Number one, the grave. The grave. Mm. What does that mean? That means every time you have an encounter with God, there's something in you that's supposed to die. Mm. It's not just all about shouting. There needs to be some weeping in there. There needs to be some repenting, some letting go, some getting rid of to make room for what God has for you. The second thing is the barren womb. You know why our church pews are empty? Our hearts are empty. The problem of the human heart is the heart of the human problem. What do you mean, Pastor? All right, Bishop, get ready for this because you're going to preach this this Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah. 70% of the people in America will be born and die and spend their entire life, 70%, and never one time be invited to a church of any kind at any time during their lifetime. 70%? 70%. Their whole life. Their whole life will never one time be invited to any kind of a church. Unreal. 52% of evangelical Christians who stopped going to church during COVID now say they will never return to a church gathering in person. Well, they didn't get the right thing, you see. Exactly. They didn't get the right thing. If Look, nobody had to follow up on me, not even my parents. I got born again when I was eight years of age, started looking for revival meetings in the newspaper and asking my parents to take me. They never had to one time ask me, are, are you going to church today? Why are you asking your 10-year-old if they're going to church? Oh, I was born again. I was a new creature. They, I didn't make a decision, and then the church tried to teach me how to be a Christian. My God. I became a Christian. I was a new creature. We've got to get back to that. The two pillars of the church, you must be born again. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, sir. That is the key. That is why. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Without the Holy Ghost, without the Holy Ghost, dare I say, without the Holy Ghost, for many people, it's just words on a piece of paper. That's all it is. It's an added social event a couple of times a month. Mm. Come on. The church is not a social club. No, sir. That, that's not where you come to get that scratched. Mm. I'm, I'm so weary with, with all of this, you know, psychology 101 that's entered the pulpits of America. Preach the word. Be instant in season and yes, out sir. of season. Yes, 
reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. Woo! Mm. Stir up the gift that is in thee by the putting on of my hands. My God. Let's have revival. Yes, sir. Pastor, one of the greatest honors of my life has been today because <laughs> not only because of what you mean to me, but because that God would choose. This is one of the things I, I like to say all the time in my pulpit and on this show. And, and, and it's so surreal to me because some of the people that I preach about were instrumental in your actual life, Dr. Lester Summerall. The, the direct lineage of Smith Wigglesworth. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's where you're at. And these, these men that raised the dead, these men and women that we read about in books, I tell my church and I tell the pastors that I know, as tremendous as they were, they are with the Lord. We are yes. here in God's yeah. infinite wisdom, in his yes. all-knowingness. He knew we would be it. We are his plan. So yes. how in the world can we um, just read about those men and not believe that God has called us to do greater? Pastor, as we close this program, will you look into this camera and put the charge upon us? Every preacher, every child of God, every believer, and tell us what we need to do in this moment. Number one, get the book, Revival If. And yes, I sincerely mean that. Yes, sir. Get it. It is not a book you can read casually. You get the book and you get the word and you put them together. And I guarantee you, you will never be the same. Mm -hmm. I asked God to help me write a book that would do for this generation and those to come, what the great Leonard Ravenhill's Why Revival Terry's did in my life, which my mother began to read to me when I was eight years of age and got born again. I pray, I pray that you would have a divine encounter, not, not something in your head. I pray that the very Spirit of God visit you I pray that the Holy Ghost comes upon you, that the fire of God yes. gets in your bones, that you cannot live without another breath of God breathing into your human lungs, that you have a encounter of the giftings of God, which I release to you now, the spirit of faith, the spirit of wisdom in the revelation of him yes, God. that you don't have to try to conjure up something to say to the people of God, but that God by his spirit will begin to declare his truth through you. Oh, I speak healing to your body that you would be strong mm. and that you would win the loss. May your altars be crowned with souls every Sunday. May they be filled with the Holy Ghost even this week, mm. and may miracle signs and wonders accompany your ministry. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, I ask it. Amen. 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 I truly believe all over this world, all over this country, 
in pulpits and in living rooms, people's outside working, listening to it in their ears. Something shifted right now, sir. I believe that there's something shifted in the spirit realm. Thank you, Lord. I thank Thank God. I thank God for callings and I thank God for preachers, but I thank God for voices. Dr. Mm. Parsley, you are a voice in this moment. I will. Thank I have you. followed that voice for over thirty years, mm-hmm. and I will follow it to the day I die, because yeah. I'm telling you, I am who I am because of God. I but yeah. I preach the way I preach because of you, and I thank you. It is the absolute well, now, wait a greatest minute. honor. I, I got a I got a request for you. Yes, sir. It has been too long, 2019, since I have been to Solid Rock Church. What is that about? Uh, it's it's I'm over. Gonna, it, I'm going to get me a ticket. Come on. I love you so much. Hey, thank God for Bishop Clint Brown, who was instrumental in getting yes. you and I together again. Yes. We love him so much. Yes. And uh, I saw you had Southbound, and we just we just love him. We yes. love you. Thank and you. We bless the Lord for you. Thank you. And uh, listen, it's a no-brainer. Birmingham, we're getting you to Birmingham very, very soon. Yes, sir. This year, that 2023 is the year of okay. revival. It is the year of revival. Listen, get this book, y'all. You can get it anywhere where books are, are sold. But, Pastor, is there any specific place that they need to go yeah. to get the book? It's real, it's real simple, Bishop. Revival If, the title, revivalif.com. Oh, man. And goodness. we've got. We've got the study guide. We've got a devotional that goes with it. You can even get one of these revival oh, yeah. t-shirts. That is yeah. so awesome. Let everybody know. Amen. I love you. Thank, Thank you, you so Dr. much. Thank you so much. And I'll have links to all of these uh, where you can just direct click right off the show here. Thank you one more time, sir, for being a part of our show. Dr. Rod Parsley from World Harvest Church, Columbus, Ohio. The man, the myth, the legend. I love you, sir. I love you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for being a part of our show. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on The Big Picture. If you have not already hit the subscribe button, do that now. When you subscribe, you get fed, you get equipped. Hit that thumbs up button because that will put us in front of people that need to hear the gospel. And as you heard on this show, not just the gospel in the preaching of the cross, which is number one, but you're going to get the power of the Holy Ghost. You're going to get you're going to get teaching on healing and people are going to be delivered and devils are even going to be cast out on this show. We'll see you next time on The Big Picture where I always remind you, we are not woke, but we are certainly awake. See you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Big Picture Podcast. We hope it helped you, encouraged you, and empowered you. Please consider leaving us a review on your app of choice and share with family and friends. And remember, we ain't woke, but we are certainly awake.